What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Wednesday, February 9th. Man, I hope all you guys are having a nice and productive week so far this week, man. It is hump day, halfway there, almost a Friday, closer to Super Bowl Sunday. Shout out to my Rams. Hopefully, we're able to get the job done this weekend in the City of Champions. Shout out to Inglewood, California, man. But nonetheless, though, man, I hope all you guys are feeling well out there. Hopefully, you guys are prioritizing your peace, prioritizing your rest, and prioritizing your friends and your family, man, because as crazy as the world is, it is always good to value those things that I just mentioned, your friends, your family, your rest, and your peace, most importantly. That should be the most important thing in your life, man. But again, stay safe out there. COVID is still, I guess, kind of running rampant, so just make sure you're doing and taking all the you know proper precautions out there to make sure that you're staying safe around your friends, family members, and loved ones. And man, of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We're still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we are going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murders, because it simply needs to and it must stop point blank period. But man, I want to get right into today's show, man, because I got to say this. I am a firm believer. I am now a firm believer in the Kentucky Wildcats in the college basketball game led by coach John Calipari. And I'm going to tell you guys, the only reason that I wasn't fully on board with this Kentucky team was just because I could tell that they were good, but they played such a soft non-conference schedule that it kind of concerned me. So let's go back a little bit. To start off the season, they played at Madison Square Garden as a part of the Champions Classic like they've been doing for the past however many years, and they lost to Duke. No shame at all to losing to Duke. Duke is one of the best teams in the country. They have a real chance of going to New Orleans in March and winning it all this year. No shame in that whatsoever. But then after that, they went and then beat Robert Morris. They then beat Mount St. Mary's. They then beat Ohio, then Albany, then North Florida, then Central Michigan and then Southern University, which is an HBCU, and then they lost to Notre Dame. Now, at the time, I thought that Notre Dame loss was a terrible loss because Notre Dame just did not look that good to me, but Notre Dame is actually a solid team this year. The Fighting Irish and Mike Bray have looked pretty good, so that wasn't a terrible loss. Then they smacked on North Carolina. They beat the brakes off of North Carolina, which isn't that surprising because I'm going to be honest, North Carolina, I had a lot of faith in them. It's Hubert Davis's first year, their first year without Roy Williams, which has been a very long time because they had Roy Williams for a whole super long time. But North Carolina's just not that good. And so after that, they just went on to SEC play. They beat a couple other teams. Then they lost to LSU, which wasn't a bad loss to me because they lost Ty Ty Washington. They also lost Severe Wheeler, who got hit hard by a screen. So they lost their two premier point guards, right? So I didn't put too much into that loss. Then they held it down. They smacked. They beat the brakes off Tennessee. They beat them by like almost 30 points. They lost to Auburn, which I don't put a lot into that game as well because Severe did get hurt, but he ended up returning in that game off the same situation where a screen wasn't called out. Looked like he hurt his head. But Ty Ty Washington rolled his ankle, and he did not return to this game. And they were winning, I think, by like eight or nine points when Ty Ty got hurt. So it was kind of like a weird situation. So I didn't put anything into that. When I did become a believer in this Kentucky team it was two Saturdays ago. So not this past Saturday, but the Saturday previous to this past Saturday, 
They went to Fog Allen Fieldhouse, where the Kansas Jayhawks play their home games and where they rarely lose at since Bill Self has been the head coach. And they beat Kansas by a score of 80 to 62. So that means they beat Kansas by, excuse me, by 18 points. Do you know how hard it is to do that? To go into Kansas, to Fog Allen Fieldhouse, one of the best arenas in the game of college basketball, and they beat Bill Self and the Jayhawks, who are having a great season. They probably look like the favorites in the Big 12 this year, too, by the way, and they beat the Jayhawks. And this was a part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, where I do believe the SEC actually did end up winning this challenge, by the way, as well. But nonetheless, though, when I was watching this game, I told myself, like, okay, it's time to seriously put some respect on this Kentucky team because I go back, going into the season, remember, I was saying that the SEC is going to be the best conference in college basketball this season. I believe that because of teams like Arkansas is playing well right now. Shout out to Coach Muss. Alabama's had an up-and-down season but still look really good with Nate Oates. You also have Auburn, who is the number one team in the country currently, even though they just did lose last night in Fayetteville to Arkansas. And then Kentucky. And I said, those four teams are all teams that could end up ultimately going to the Final Four. Do I think all four of those teams are going to go to the Final Four? Of course not. That would be crazy. But all four of those teams do have a realistic chance to make it to New Orleans in March. I would not be surprised if any of those teams made it to New Orleans. But for Kentucky to beat Kansas the way that they did so convincingly because outside of the first five minutes of that game, Kentucky had complete control of this game. They dominated from literally the first five minutes after that on. Like literally after those first five minutes, it was a wrap. Kansas had no idea what they were going to get into. And I had a feeling that Kentucky was going to win the game because, to me, I'm going to be honest, we all know who Kentucky's best player is, Oscar Sheba, who we'll talk about in a second, right? He was going to go up against David McCormick. And if you're a Kansas fan, you got to be honest, like, David McCormick is probably the weakest link on this Kansas squad. No offense to him. I don't want to disrespect him because he is a good player, but he just isn't what they need him to be, especially for as many years as he's been there now. But nonetheless, though, Keon Brooks, had 27 points in this game. And I'm going to start with him when it comes to the roster because I was also saying, right now, Kentucky is probably an Elite Eight slash Final Four team. But if they want to take that next step and be a real contender, which I do think they are a contender, I'm just saying if they really want to be the best version of this team, they're going to need Keon Brooks to be consistent. And when I say consistent, I don't need him. And they Kentucky fans shouldn't need him to go out there and score 20 points on any given night. That's not really his job. They just need him to constantly knock down that mid-range jumper as much as possible, be that versatile dude that you are on defense, rebound, and stay out of foul trouble. If he can do those things, he is going to help out Kentucky a lot. And again, he does not have to score 20 points for him to be effective and efficient for this Wildcats team because him just being him helps out Kentucky a lot. And don't even forget about Keon Brooks Jr. backup, which I think the power forward position is the most vital and important position to this Kentucky team, and that's Jacob Toppin. Yes, the younger brother of New York Knicks player, Obi Toppin. And Jacob Toppin, since he came over from Rhode Island a year ago, has been pretty good almost every game he's played for the most part for Kentucky. Last year is last year, whatever. But this season in particular, Jacob Toppin has looked amazing for Kentucky. And honestly, I've gone on the record saying that Jacob Toppin has looked better than Keon Brooks for the majority of this season. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's what it looks like. But now, if they can get that production from both Keon and Jacob Toppin, 
that legitimately takes this Kentucky team to a whole different level. And that gives me the confidence in them that they can beat any single team in the country. And this is why I'm saying that they are a legit national championship team and why I'm buying into Kentucky right now here on my platform. And so that leads me into the roster because, yes, we just touched on Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin, but when you talk about Kentucky, you got to start off by talking about Oscar Shibway, man. This dude is a beast, and that's probably not even giving him his just due, but, man, Oscar Shibway is a problem, and I'm going to keep it 100. When he announced that he was going to be transferring from West Virginia, where he started off his collegiate career, he played his first two seasons with Bob Huggins in Morgantown in the Big 12. I did not think Oscar Shibway was going to end up being this good this fast for Kentucky because when I watched him at West Virginia, he looked like he was raw. You know, he was kind of like not the most skilled big. You could see he had a little skill, but you, you didn't think he had this much skill that he's displaying this year at Kentucky. But he just looked like a young, raw, immature basketball player. And when I mean immature, I just mean like he didn't look like he was all the way there as a complete college big man. But you look at what he's doing now, right now, he's averaging a double-double. He's averaging 16.3 points per game. And listen to this, 15.1 rebounds per game. Yes, you heard that correctly. He's averaging 15 rebounds per game. That is insane. You know how many dudes are capable of doing that at that level, the Division I basketball level? It's only a few. And Oscar Shibway doing that is just a testament to the work he's put in, his nonstop motor, his hustle, and just that, that want, that fight, that hunger that every team needs. And he is a big reason to why Kentucky is having as much success as they are this year. He's pretty much dang near the whole reason that they're having this much success, man. He is a beast, and I cannot give him enough credit for that because everything that he does makes his team better. He's super patient. Every time he gets a rebound and pass it off to a guard, watch him. He sprints all the way to the paint. He sprints as hard as possible. He fights for post position, and he's just a dude that draws a lot of fouls, which is key because you want to get in the bonus and want to get those easy you know, opportunities at the free throw line, and he's just a monster. man. I, I honestly can't even explain him enough. You really just have to watch him to see what he does and the type of impact that he has for this Kentucky team, but he's just different. I don't think I've honestly seen a big like this. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I have, and it's a lot of really good, talented big men in the country, but Oscar Shibway, to me, is clearly the best big in the country. And I think he is a legit candidate to win the Wooden Award, which is the award that goes out to the best college basketball player that season. And Oscar Shibway is a top-tier candidate, man. So watch out for him. He's a beast. But moving on, though, the guard play. You have two guards. And honestly, I was kind of off and on about this because it looked like at points, you know, when Severe Wheeler was off the floor and it was just Ty Ty Washington as the lead guard, it looked like Ty Ty should just be the starting point guard. He should have the ball in his hands a good majority of the time. But Severe is still that guy. Severe Wheeler transfers over from Georgia, where he played his first two years there under Tom Crean for the Bulldogs. Last year, he was the leading um, league leader in assists. And, of course, he's still one of the you know leading assist men in the country this year. And Severe Wheeler is just that junkyard dog point guard. He's not the greatest offensive threat when it comes to shooting. But what he is really good at is getting into the paint and finding open teammates. Because once you get into the paint, the defense has to play you honestly, and they're going to focus on you. So they're going to collapse, and that gives you opportunities to kick the ball out and find your shooters. And they have one of the best shooters in Kellen Grady. Kellen Grady, it's honestly funny because every time I think about Kellen Grady or I watch Kellen Grady, this dude probably should have been in the NBA because 
even before he stepped foot on campus in Lexington, this dude had already scored 2,000 career points at the Division I level playing at Davidson, which is a high-level basketball program, most notably, of course, because Steph Curry went there, but they are a great program, and Kenlin Grady is that guy. And again, he probably already should have been the NBA, but he said, okay, what do I need to do to get closer to my dreams of getting to the NBA? Transfer to Kentucky, where they have a history of putting guys into the league and especially NBA All-Stars into the league, right? And so if you're a defensive player, if you're not within a centimeter of Kellen Grady, you're playing bad defense because he is that good of a shooter. I know it sounds like I'm over-exaggerating right now, but Kellen Grady is a sniper to the highest effect. Like this dude has a quick release. He has no conscience once he gets the ball. He knows what he wants to do with it, and he's going to put it up, and he's going to shoot, and more often times than not, he's going to make those shots because that's just what he does. You can tell he's put a lot of work into his jumper. There's been a lot of reps that go into that jumper, and that man is a certified sniper. Right now, he is shooting 44% from the three-point line. That's off about seven attempts per game. So think about that. He's shooting close to 50% from the three-point line on about seven attempts per game. He's shooting 6.5 attempts per game to be more specific. But even then, man, that is a ridiculous clip that Kellen Grady has. And then let me go to their other guard, Ty Ty Washington, who I already mentioned, had the little ankle injury. I think he missed like a couple games, but he's been back and he's been playing phenomenal. I think he's averaging about 13 points per game on the season. He has lived up to the billing that Kentucky fans have given him because I'll be honest, you know, Kentucky fans – just like most fans, they love talking about stars, you know, five-star players and this and that and all this. And all of it sounds good, but it's one thing to be that, and it's one thing to actually translate that onto the court. And Ty Ty Washington has done that to a team. The thing I love about his game the most, aside from him being a floor general, a leader, being poised, never getting too high, never getting too low, his mid-range game is ridiculous. And I always have said, if you can unlock the mid-range game, you damn near become unguardable because why? Think about mid-range shooting. As a defensive player, when you're guarding somebody, more often times than not, when they're coming at you, you're expecting them to try and get to the rim and try and get a layup, right? But if you can go and then stop on a dime and pull up, that shot is almost unguardable. And Ty Ty Washington has that shot on lock, and he's hit it, um, it feels like, a million times in the course of the season for Kentucky. And he is a stud, man. He is a problem. And guards like that help you win games in the NCAA tournament. So definitely be on the lookout for him. And just the rest of this roster, man, like you look at guys like Damian Collins, highly touted freshman. He's been kind of raw. But if you watch that game against Alabama, I think he had like 10 points and like six rebounds, something like that. Like he had a positive impact. He's been very raw this season, but you can tell the flashes are there. And if he comes back to school next year, which more likely than not he will, he is going to be a big-time contributor for this Kentucky team and probably one of the better players in the SEC as a whole. And so, like other guys, Davion Mintz, a lot of Kentucky fans were kind of mad at him for last year because of everything that took place, and they expected you know a lot from Davion Mintz. But now he's playing a lesser role. He doesn't have to be the lead guard. He doesn't have to be the second lead guard. He's literally the third guard on this team, and he's making the most of the position that he's in on a completely different team that's having much more success. And you just look at it as a whole, like you can tell that, and again, I don't want to look back at Kentucky from last year because last year was last year. I think it was, it was an anomaly. It was just one of those years that just happened to not be in their favor. But you look at last year compared to this year, and it's a big difference. First of all, 
Coach Cal changed a lot of his coaching staff. Some guys left. I think some guys went on to take new opportunities. I don't really know what happened, but they got a few new assistant coaches. Some guys had already been in the program, but they knew what they were doing. And then on top of that, you bring in a lot of guys that are transfers, which isn't necessarily new to Kentucky, but they brought in multiple transfers. Usually they bring in like one to two because you look at a few years ago, they had Nasestina, you know, maybe a year or two before then they had Reed Travis. Usually they would bring in one or two, but this year they brought in Oscar Shibway, Severe Wheeler, Kellen Grady. Don't even forget about C.J. Frederick, and I might be forgetting somebody. I just named four right there alone. Kentucky doesn't usually do that. Why? Because they're recruiting the top freshmen out of the high school class to come and play for them. But Coach Cal said, forget that. We're going to take advantage of the transfer portal. And look at them now. I think they're 20-4 and on the season, if I'm not mistaken. And they're only one game behind Auburn for first place in the SEC. So do not get it twisted. This Kentucky team is really good. I like the defense that they play. They pressure the ball. They get blocked shots. They rebound hard. They rebound as a collective team. They play hard. They play for their coach. And I respect that. And I just think the way that they play translates well, not only in March, but just as a whole, whenever versus whatever team you want to play, it's no matchup that Kentucky should be afraid of or nervous about because of the brand of basketball they play. If you watch Kentucky and Coach Calipari since he's been there, they run an NBA-style offense. They put their best players in the best position to succeed, and they go from there. And I love that, and I think that's why I'm a firm believer in Kentucky. It took me a minute, again, because they weren't playing the greatest teams, but when they made that statement going into Kansas, Kansas, who I think is probably in first place right now in the Big 12, that's a statement. And again, that was probably Kentucky playing at their very, very best, but if that's them at their best, Teams across the country should be nervous, man. So shout out to Kentucky. I'm a firm believer. I would not be surprised if you guys do end up winning the SEC. I think I might still take Auburn. I know you guys probably don't want to hear that, but trust me, you guys are still going to be right there in the thick of things. And don't worry. Even if you guys don't say you guys don't win the SEC regular season, you got to still win the SEC conference tournament. And you have a good shot, again, at winning it all and cutting down the nets in New Orleans in April, man. So shout out to the Kentucky Wildcats. Go watch them play. They are a fun team to watch play, and they are going to be a threat in the NCAA tournament in the 2022 or 2021-2022 season, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Feature alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. I'm also a part of Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network, where they have a whole bunch of really, really talented sports podcasts from content creators and other sports podcast hosters. So please go check us out on our long list of sports podcasts, man. But as always, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the pod. And as always, I will talk to you guys soon. Peace and love gone.